Hi and welcome to the Travel Hero Podcast by ITB. Are you ready to reveal some superpowers of the great minds of the tourism industry? Here's your host, Nico Gutia. Today's guest, the one and only Gopi. You got one of those names I'm afraid to say totally wrong. That's why please say your whole name. Gopinath <laughs> Paril. It sounds so easy, huh? <laughs> Tell me, who are you? People who never had heard your name, what should they know about you? About me or about my name? <laughs> <laughs> I guess about you. Okay, I, I run a travel company called The Blue Yonder. And this is um, one of the first uh, travel companies from India that focused on responsible tourism. Yeah, very big topic for you. So, yeah, so that was 2004. And there were 15 hardly, years blue yonder. Yeah, 15 years. Congratulations to that. Thank you. <laughs> so around that time, I don't think we we had ecotourism. Uh, people were talking about ecotourism, but then it had slowly started moving to a greenwashing phase. And uh, when the blue yonder came into uh, existence, the I think we kind of disrupted a lot of concepts about how tourism should be run, especially run in a country like India, which had a lot of challenges, you know, especially on sustainable development. Yeah. Yeah. So the business was consistently focusing, um, I would say, more on development, less on tourism. And then we started developing uh, projects that will ensure, push the country towards Or what I call as an aspirational uh, sustainable development agenda. And then over a period of time, we started tweaking those projects into travel experiences so that the community that we work with uh, could actually earn supplementary source of income and in some rare cases also alternative sources of income. And we started in a small village, village where I was born in uh, central North Kerala. And then slowly started trying out the model to other parts of Kerala and rest of India. And now we are present through various partnerships in about 30 different destinations in India. So we know what you're doing now. What is a yonder? Uh, yonder is actually a very old Shakespearean English. Ah. It actually means over there. Ah. So it's a place you know exists. But you've never been there. It's a place that we, as a travel company, take you to that space. Really good name. <laughs> Do people ask a lot or does everybody know but me? No, people, like, um, quite a lot of English people initially used to book a trip because they love the name. Mm. And the name created a lot of curiosity because it was not talking about travel. It was not... Uh, It's risky. <laughs> it's all about how you tell the story. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so we created a lot of curiosity with the name and people were asking, so what do you guys, what do you do? You know, so it gave us opportunity to tell a story about what we do. You studied a very interesting topic. Mm -hmm. Which one? <laughs> few few things actually, but uh, I think you might be referring to uh, my master's in disaster management. Exactly. Right? Yeah, okay. So I did a master's from the Royal Military College of Science in UK. Uh, from the Cranfield University. And that was immediately after uh, the earthquake in Gujarat, one of the states in uh, northwestern India. In which year? This was in 2001. Mm. 
So I happened to be there because I was working with Charity Aid Foundation at that time. And I went there just like any other volunteer would do to be useful. But when I went there, what I realized is that just the willingness to do something good is not enough. You also need to have the know-how and knowledge to make an impact. Yeah. So for quite a lot of organization we realized that being you know the volunteer management itself is a disaster you know <laughs> so then I started looking online about if there are any programs where you could actually be trained to be a disaster manager then I realized that this is the only university around that time which was offering a full time masters in disaster management mm-hmm. so when then joined that but uh, instead of joining the relief sector interestingly i started my travel company <laughs> but in the past 15 years uh wherever we had major disasters because of the community uh, relationship we have across the country we were one of the first responders whether it is cyclone ila in west bengal or whether it was the uh, floods and rains in chennai in south india even nepal earthquake we were managing uh, online army of volunteers of about 4000 people who were working on open street map craziness you know and then uh, fortunately or unfortunately uh, we also got an opportunity to be uh, one of the first responders in our own state in kerala when we had the floods in 2018 mm. so whatever i studied it was an opportunity for me to apply and then and i also believe climate change and global warming all these things are going to increase more and more uh situations like this where you can't keep up, keep away tourism industry from the so whatever i learned in disaster management i believe will be of a lot of use in tourism sector yeah you said you are the man who said uh, tourism pushes climate change yeah <laughs> uh definitely because um you know for people to reach from one place to another you need to fly and of course that creates a lot of greenhouse you know uh, gas emissions and but at the same time if people don't travel that also affects the local economy so you need to somewhere figure out a mechanism like say i don't really think uh, carbon offset is the only solution for addressing that but there are because like in 2006 we had a bbc crew who came down to india and i was one of the uh, i think two or three people in asia they interviewed around that time asking what is the impact of global warming on small rivers like nilaver we were working it it's a small little river in kerala 240 km 250 km long river but its cultural impact on kerala is huge so they were curious about it and they came and they wanted to figure out what is the impact that global warming has on such rivers mm. and my counter question to them was that why don't you ask it in such a way that what is the contribution of people like us in creating global warming you know and that is something that people do not want to talk about and yes. tourism industry unfortunately has a major role in it whether it is construction whether it's the way we fly the way we use resources we are adding on to it but at the same time now there is a new 
a bunch of transformational leaders who are consciously taking decisions in such a way that tourism actually becomes a positive tool to ensure that a lot of climate change you know resistant initiatives can be brought into the scene so the future of travel business is bright or is there dark horizons it's all upon the leadership of private sector the government multilateral agencies like it's, it's uh, everything has a you know uh, two sides to the coin so it's all about that's why we always insist on responsible tourism in the sense you know we you know the tagline itself immediately after the cape town declaration for responsible tourism is creating better places for people to live because only if you have a better place for people to live that you have a place to visit because you look at any government anywhere in the world they keep talking about how tourism can bring in benefits into communities how it can filter benefits into communities but that hardly happens you know so my argument always is about instead of investing in tourism you should invest in development sustainable development and once you have that ecosystem government should invest in ecosystems and once you have an ecosystem there are social entrepreneurs there are private sector all those people can create beautiful travel experiences out of it absolutely yeah but that's a challenge it's not a language that quite a lot of uh, people in the mainstream industry understand or want to listen to that's hard what do you think is it exactly you gave i mean there was the answer in your question it's hard it's not easy <laughs> you need to be very patient and this is not a space responsible tourism is not a space where you just come in and make your quick buck and go back it's a place i mean for me i committed first five years of my life into my project and it's my 15th year i know it's not it's not something that you can just uh, you know start kick start conceptualize implement and run away it's it's your lifetime work what is your wish for the upcoming generation in travel business for entrepreneurs or for travelers for entrepreneurs uh look at travel as an opportunity to be uh, a solution provider to a lot of challenges in the world like back home we uh, consistently use um, an idea we call it as a gandhian talisman and uh, those people who follow gandhi or have read him might have noticed this uh, beautiful thing where he says that uh, whenever you are in a crisis you don't know how to take a decision think about the poorest of poor and see how that decision is going to change a life you know so if the upcoming entrepreneurs or even the existing entrepreneurs could look into business models from that perspective especially in travel it can turn the world into a very positive space and for travelers to the travelers be responsible <laughs> <laughs> like also like i mean that's that's a very academic way of putting it but in the sense of we always like just to give you an idea initially we used to position our business purely on responsibility and i used to scare away people they are like my god i just want to have a holiday you know this guy is scaring <laughs> me away telling about triple bottom line sustainability and all those stuff <laughs> uh but it's actually something that we should all invest in in the sense of when you travel think about how that can be a transformational journey not only for you but also for the host also for the host community you know you being there in some remote areas in india 
or in Indonesia or in some county in UK or in uh, Germany. You know, if I'm traveling, what what is my contribution other than only making sure that I'm spending a little bit of money there, you know? So that thought process can design and transform the way we travel and how communities can actually benefit out of tourism. How important is the need for engaging climate change and disaster management in tourism? This is something that you can't ignore at all. Because climate change is a reality. Absolutely. You might have politicians like Trump and others who might want to continue deny it, but this is a reality. Now, uh, to give you an example, like in 2015, there was a Lonely Planet feature about one of the cities in India, Chennai, being the top 50 destinations to visit. A lot of buzz around it. And governments, departments, the tourism entrepreneurs were all like, you know, looking at building upon that because this is what happens to top 50 lists, top 10 lists, mm. you know. And then next year, around the same time, Chennai was under flood. Chennai was underwater. Now, what happens in such a situation is when flood comes in, when continuous pouring of rain happens, earlier we would say it affects only that destination. But it also affects businesses elsewhere. It affects businesses in the market. Say, for example, if there is a tour operator sitting in, say, Birmingham or London, whose core competency is about sending people to South India, to Chennai, his business will be affected. So this is no longer something that happens in the South. So this is something that affects everyone in the North as well as South. And tourism industry per se has to take this very seriously and prepare the industry in such a way that we can be the first responders, we can be the facilitators, we can be the solution providers, and there is no compromise whatsoever on this. Why is this topic so important to you? Uh, multiple reasons. One is personal interests, like, you know, I pursue disaster management as a master's, and and the other thing is it's, cons like, say, the kind of business we run is... Tourism, you know, people joke about our company in the sense of they're like, you know, are you guys an NGO? Are you guys a for-profit? Are you development agency? What is it? The reason that people are asking us is because we have positioned our business more like a development intervention organization than a tour operation, tour operators. But um, we, as this creating better places for people to live is so key for our business. Because the second part is happening, the visiting part is happening only later, right? So, in this time where climate change is happening, global warming is happening, it's hitting our face. So, there is no development activities that you can do by discarding this fact. In 2011, back home in Kerala, uh, closer to Cochin where we live, uh, there is an initiative which we started. In 2011, we started and we positioned it as a climate change-resistant food initiative. Oh. This is about a beautiful variety of rice in Kerala. It came from the mountains, from the Western Ghats in 14th century. It came all the way down, settled on the banks of like uh, three districts like Ernakulam, uh, Trichur and Alapi. Interestingly, 2018, when we had the flood, the route 
that the flood took was exactly the same from 14th century to 2018. Similarly, in 1924, we had another flood. It was exactly the same route. Uh, the reason we are focusing on that project is because climate change, global warming, sea level water is rising across the world. Farmers are going to find it even more difficult to continue the agrarian tradition. And in Kerala, we have a rice that can grow in saline condition. It grows up to 1.5 meter tall. <laughs> so you have a solution there which was created over a period of time. The rice variety itself adapted itself. It's not genetically modified. It's by nature. People took care of a symbiotic farming tradition. Six months of rice, six months of prawn culture. But the situation in such a way that this community can't make a living out of uh, one yield of rice a year. So this is where we are bringing in sustainable tourism into the space. So a responsible tourism initiative creating sustainable development as a response to a climate change challenge. You know, so, so that's just one initiative we are doing. So if the travel industry start looking at developing products based on something like this, we can actually fill in a lot of gap that the development agencies are failing to, you know, achieve. That so. sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me, who needs to hear this talk? Ah, this <laughs> talk should be heard by influencers and leaders who make a difference in the travel industry and not con not only travel industry, but people who are interested in the welfare of people, the earth in general. And last question, Gopi, who is your personal superhero? I actually don't have a superhero, but I've been influenced quite a lot by um, a lot of people, Gandhi being one, one person. Then when it comes to documentation, literature, etc., like um, there's this Canadian writer called Don Tapscott. And he wrote the book called Wikinomics, showing the power of collaboration and how crowdsourcing can change the way we think and how we function in this world. Great. Gobi, thank you very much. And keep up the good work, please. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Travel Hero podcast by ITB. If you like what you heard, make sure to check in soon again and subscribe to our channel to know when it's time to reveal another Travel Hero story. Oh, 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 oh,